0: Alas, and did my Saviour bleed? And did my Sovereign die? Would He both that sacred head for such a worm as I? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden. Of my heart rode away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. A drop of grief and every pain, the day. The burden of my heart Rolled away It was there by faith I received my sight And now I am happy All the day Amen It was by faith
1: In what Jesus Christ did on the cross That makes me happy all the day Through pain Through fatigue, through sickness, I'm still happy in my heart because He paid for me an eternal life with Him. Apart from this flesh that hurts apart from this flesh that is weak and prone to sin. We're going to leave all this behind, all of it. Praise God.
2: Matthew chapter 8 and verse 1. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him, and behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean, and immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus saith unto him, See, see thou tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded, for a testimony unto them." And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, Go, and he goeth, and to another, Come, and he cometh, and to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west, and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, but the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus saith unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the self selfsame hour. And when Jesus was come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever, and he touched her, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. When the eve was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. All right.
1: Well, again, I would say we're on the subject of healing. So I think we'll just stay on that subject. Alright, so a few weeks ago, we introduced the Lord who heals. And you remember that name in the Old Testament we pointed out, uh, it's Jehovah Rophe, which they spell it, we spell it, R-O-P-H-E in English. Jehovah Rothi, and it literally means the Lord who heals you. We want to look at that just a little bit this morning. i kind of recap. Uh, it uh, it triggers something in me when Brother Chuck said that uh, there are those who are teaching that God in the Old Testament and God in the New Testament are, are different. They're not. They're not. There's one God in three persons. He is eternal. He's always been. He always will be. He's immutable. He don't change. Why should He? He's perfect in all His ways. It's the same God. Let's just take uh, a little look at that. So the name Jehovah Rophi, the Lord who heals thee, uh, it shows up 60 times in the Old Testament. And we see we saw that uh, one of three things is used, this word is used to express one of three things, to restore, to heal, or to cure. And certainly uh, that covers all three things that I just previously mentioned. Fatigue, worn out, tired. In pain, hurt, in sickness, to restore, to heal, to cure. That's the Lord who heals. He created us. You know, he he asked uh, Moses, "Who who made man's lips?" And we pointed that out when Moses said, "Don't send me to." Free the children of Israel. I, I don't talk well. I, I don't have a, a good repertoire. i cannot cannot a good speaker. I'm, I'm slow of speech. God questioned him. And of course Moses had to admit, Oh yeah, it was you. You created my lips. You made me like I am because you wanted to. This is how you wanted me to be. It's in our weakness, you know, that God shows His strength. It really is. It's at the end of what we think we can tolerate that we find His strength to go on. It really is. All right. We saw in Isaiah 53. Let's just look at it right quick. Isaiah chapter 53 in verse 3 says, He is despised and rejected of men. He's a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from Him. He was despised and we esteemed Him not. Verse 4 says, Surely He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem Him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted Notice, Isaiah said, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He didn't say he's going to, did he? No, he hath done it. There's an immutable God. There's a God that don't change. When God said uh, in the eternal covenant with the Son and the Holy Spirit, this is what we're going to do. They covenanted together to send the Son of God to bear our griefs and to carry our sorrows. It was as good as done. Anything that God declares to happen will happen exactly as He's declared it to, planned it to, designed it to. He's an unchangeable God, isn't He? He was Jehovah Rophi in the Old Testament when He healed the waters at Mara, and that's, that's where we were uh, whenever we taught on this. The waters were bitter. How were they healed? God showed Moses a tree. Again, God loves trees. He showed him a tree. What do trees do? Trees live, don't they? I believe that Moses, I'm going to sound like a tree hugger here, but that's okay. Moses took the life of that tree. (laughs) He took that tree as God appointed him to do that particular tree that God showed him and he put it in the waters and they made the waters sweet. And the children of Israel were saved from thirst, days of it. Three days of thirst is serious. And of course, we saw where God appointed his son to hang on a tree. We talked about how they tried to kill Jesus. They tried to throw him off a cliff. They tried to stone him. None of that could have killed him. I pointed out that they couldn't drown him because he would just stand up and walk away, right? He walked on water. He created the sea, he was God. They couldn't kill him. They thought they did. No, he voluntarily gave up his life for you and for me, didn't he? He allowed them to hurt him. He allowed them to take his life. And that's the only way his life could have been taken. He was gone. We pointed out back in Matthew 8, and verse 16, When the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. I want you to notice that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of, the manifestation of, Jehovah Rophi. It's the same God that was in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. He is, isn't He? he So many examples of Jesus healing. Yet that wasn't His primary objective, was it? No, His primary objective was that sinners repent and believe in Him. His primary objective was to secure them to himself how by living his perfect life that he lived as we know God the Father required a perfect man for you because you weren't perfect because you were unable to keep the law alright as God turned the bitter waters back there in morah into sweet waters that provided life and that's what water does you can't live without it he also turns the bitter circumstances of your life into sweet circumstances as we trust him and obey him what did moses do there at Mara? he trusted god God said, that tree right there. Get that tree right there and put it in the water and Moses obeyed it. We are to trust in Jesus for healing, aren't we? To depend on Him. Focus on God who has promised to meet all of our needs. That's important. That's the thing we have problem with. And that is focus. All of us have that issue Focus. Our mind gets pulled in other directions, doesn't it? It does, and on a regular basis. All right. Trust and obey him. The tree represents the tree there at Mara that Moses threw into the water represents the tree of life. represents our knowledge of the cross of Calvary. When we remember what Jesus did for us on the cross, when we remember how much He really loved us, that He went through that for us, that sweetens the circumstances, doesn't it? That brings the joy back to our heart, doesn't it? Because we realize that His promises are all true, and He cannot lie. And He is promised... To save us by grace through faith. He's a great Savior, isn't he? He has mercy. We are saved through mercy and grace. Mercy. He has mercy on us. So he doesn't make us pay for what on pay for what we deserve. Does that make sense? But he makes us deserving of what we don't deserve. The Lord who heals. When Jesus healed, again, he was the manifestation of Jehovah Rophi. Yes, God is in three persons, but they're one. What did Jesus tell the disciples? The disciples said, show us the Father. Jesus said, all this time you've been with me and you didn't recognize me? Why why you say, show me the Father? I and the Father are one. Everywhere that Jesus healed, faith was always present. Always. Again, he's the manifestation of Jehovah Rophi, the Lord who heals. Powerful. He's God on earth, walking on earth among sinful people. Alright. Turn move to the book of John for just a minute. I think it's going to be in chapter, Matthew chapter 8. Sorry about that. The church got me thinking about healing this morning. A lot of of us have been sick in the last week. I have. A lot of us have been in pain. A lot of us have been worn out from work. We need the Lord's healing, don't we? Chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. Verse five, and when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion, looking for him, beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick, and of the palsy grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. Morning. The centurion answered and said, We're in Matthew chapter eight, verse. 8. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say unto this man, Go, and he goeth. And to another, Come, and he cometh. And to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled, and said unto them that followed Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. I want you to notice that the centurion had faith. He had heard of Jesus' healing. He had faith that Jesus could heal his servant. We spoke earlier about confession about humility. You know, that's what we do when we worship God, isn't it? We humble ourselves before Him, realizing that He is God and we are His servant. We worship Him. The centurion answered and said, verse 8, Lord, I am not worthy. Well, what was he saying? I am not worthy. He was confessing that he was a sinner, wasn't he? Absolutely. Brother Chuck said earlier, that's the first thing. You have to confess your sins. That's what he was doing. I am not worthy that thou shouldst come under my roof, but just speak the word only, and he'll be healed. I know you can do it. Maybe he's seen it done, but he certainly heard that Jesus was healing just by the word of his mouth or the touch of his hand, or even the touch of his garment. Then he goes on, To explain that he has a whole lot of reasons to be proud of himself in his life. Doesn't he? Verse 9 says, For I am a man under authority. I'm a bigwig. I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, Go, and he goeth, and another come, and he cometh, and to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. But you see, he had laid all that aside and realized that none of that mattered. What mattered was his servant was dying and this man had the power to heal. And he humbled himself, you see. That human pride, it it creates a barrier between us and God, doesn't it? It absolutely does. That's why confession John the Baptist, the forerunner who went before the Lord. That's what he cried out, wasn't it? Confess your sins and be baptized. There was faith present when Jesus healed. Jesus, again, was the manifestation of the Lord who heals from the Old Testament. That word was Jehovah. Rofi. God is one God. The God that healed in the New Testament is the God that healed in the Old Testament. Again, He's immutable. He don't change. He's a perfect God. Why should He change? No reason. Every time God healed, there was faith present. We're in the 8th chapter of Matthew. In the first verse, when he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. First off, he worshipped him. How did he do that? He humbled himself, didn't he? He was like the man that said, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Rather than, please don't let me be like these guys. Remember that account? Behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him. You weren't supposed to do that. Don't you know there were people around that going, ah, ah. I said, Don't touch him. Don't touch him, he's unclean. I was unclean. I was a sinner. But Jesus reached out and touched me, and He quickened my heart and saved me. There was nothing I could do for myself. I was undone, all the sin and fallen short of the glory of God. God had to reach out to me. Why? Because there's a great gulf between me and Him. Because I was born a sinner. Because of Adam transgressing in the Garden of Eden. And that human nature was in me. But it wasn't in Jesus. Because there was no man involved in his birth. That fallen nature did not pass on to him. That was the reason there was a miracle birth there. Alright. Jesus put forth his hand and touched him saying, I will be thou clean and immediately his leprosy was cleansed immediately see there was faith present there where does faith come from the bible tells me that jesus is the author and finisher of our faith you believe in him you ready to accept him as your savior then you can praise god because he put that in your heart Because the dead man can't talk. Dead man can't confess. Lazarus was given life. That's how he got up and obeyed God. When the Lord said, Lazarus, come forth. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Verse 4, Matthew chapter 8. And Jesus said unto him, See, thou tell no man, but go thy way. Notice this. Show thyself to the priest and offer a gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. In other words, Jesus was telling him, obey the law. Go unto them and do what you're supposed to do. Present yourself to them. I didn't finish what happened to the servant of the centurion. The Lord said, I have not found so great faith, no, not in all of Israel. At the end of verse 10, chapter 8 of Matthew 11 says, And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way. As thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in that self-same hour. And when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, He saw His wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and He touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. I said that faith was always present when Jesus healed. Well, it doesn't say that she believed. She was down with a fever. Where was the faith? Faith was in Jesus Christ, wasn't it? Jesus Christ had faith greater than the size of a mustard seed. He could have moved mountains if He wanted to. He's a great Savior. I hope you realize this morning that your only hope lies in Jesus Christ. He is the cornerstone of the spiritual house that God has built and is building. He is the rock. If you build your life on the rock of Jesus, you'll be like the wise man that built his house on the rock. And the storms came, and the winds and the water crashed on that house, and it didn't move. Oh, but don't be like the foolish man that the Lord describes who built his house on the sand, on something that wouldn't hold up during the storm. But let me tell you that your faith that comes from God in him will stand when the storm of God's righteous judgment comes upon this earth and upon sin. If you're counting on Jesus Christ, you can trust, you can trust him that you will be saved. And you will spend eternity finding out more and more about Him and His great majesty. He is a great savior.